All right, let's let's do this. Let's, let's do, do this. this. Oh, all right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. A, let's uh, go. Tuesday edition, a little off day edition here, and I don't know, man. What's wrong? So, Something bothering you? Yeah, I just you know Nuggets got a win last night, and we did the show, and it was a little you know it was fun, it was yeah. funny, but there's we're just a little. We're a little off, I feel. Mm. You know? Were you? And then I'm watching Michael Malone and his post-game commentary, and something he said really, really hit me, man. Kel, can you play the clip? What was your message to the guys after this one, Michael? Uh, 4-0, uh, winning a game the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, it's not always pretty, but we found a way. I've said this for a few years now. I challenge myself never to take Nicola for granted, you know, his greatness every single night. Uh, I wasn't even aware that he had a triple-double, 27, 11, and 10. Um, it speaks to his greatness. It speaks to his consistency. Night in and night out, just playing the game at an extremely high level. That's a nice response to my question. That's a really good response to a really good just question. a great question. One of my best ever. But actually. it hit me, man. It hit me right here. Because you know what I think happened yesterday? What's that? I think we took Nikola Jokic for granted. What? I think Speak we for did. yourself. Don't yeah. put me in I'm this not, group. Hey, you guys are out of this. You guys are out of this. You were at the arena. We brought vote on, and we were like, what did you think of the game scale 1 to 10? I think you gave it a 7 or something. Yeah. And we were all down, and like, we, we had a great it, time. We called it the dots of, of, <laughs> of a game. Like, the candy was dots. I think we might have... Kale, can you restart the show? Let's restart the well, show. Can we restart it, man? Start this thing back up. <laughs> Oh my God! Welcome in, baby. Foreign, oh! Let's go, White War, White War. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Winners Lounge. Short Denver Nuggets move to four and oh, equaling ties LeBron James and triple doubles and Jason Kidd for what it's worth. My God, fellas, man, you must have had a terrible winner's lounge last night. Oh my good, God, I think it was a good show. I actually think it was good. It was funny. I just man. we did not appropriately appreciate. We became too smug too quick. So we got to feel these vibes. Wow. Okay. okay, we got to get a little winner's lounge music on the second night. Okay, uh, we have the proper perspective, so we're, we're here to help you out. <laughs> I mean, I didn't good. think that was a very memorable game. But start it over a third time. One more time. Let me introduce the panel over here. I got Brendan Vote. Hey, I am very, very excited to be here after what felt like a great win to me. There you go, baby. Arena and to be in Studio A the very next day. I mean, here's the thing, man. Like, ten years from now, when we're watching our favorite team, the beloved Denver Nuggets, and I don't know, maybe he's still. Maybe I'll say 15 years from now. I don't want to retire Jokic early, but 15 years from now, we'll be begging for a boring. 29, 14, and 10 game. Oh, like 12 to 16 shooting. 12 to 16 shooting. We'll be like, please, can we just have one of those? I would take anything for it. So I don't care. You know what? That's my perspective. Over here, Harrison Wynn. <sighs> I never take Nikola Jokic for granted. I never do. I never will. But I probably won't remember anything from last <laughs> night's game. So you know what? Not everything, not every great experience has to be a core memory. You know what? I mean this. Sincerely, sometimes you can just have a good time and then it goes away. Yep. Hey, I'll tell you, do you want my big takeaway from oh, last actually, night's yeah. game? Uh, can I get a big takeaway vote? Every time the Nuggets started to look like a team on the second half of a back-to-back or the Jazz made their patented try-hard push, the Denver Nuggets pressed the where the best team in the league button. Yeah. And while I understand, I looked on Twitter, didn't seem like it translated in TV. In the arena, there were four to five laugh out mom- laugh out loud moments where the Nuggets, particularly Jokic, decided it was time to separate, and it was a matter of yeah. choice for them. I actually thought it was a great game. I loved watching it. Man, the funny thing about the button you're saying, sometimes it's like, all right, we got to grind this one out, and then it's a ramp up. and like you, The button they pushed every time was like, 8-0 run. Yep. <laughs> We're better. And then they fell asleep again because they kept – that's the thing is the game kept going like this and then this. And yep. but, but you're right that there was very clear moments of like – all right, guys, make a run, and then they did. Yep. Right. What's your big takeaway? What's my big takeaway? Well, I already said I'm not going to remember anything it? from the <laughs> game. <laughs> like two days from now, I'm not even going to remember like the final score. Um, my big takeaway: the Jazz need to start that rookie at point guard. That's actually my takeaway. 
George? Oh. Yeah. Did I don't I know why he's not starting. Um, from a Nuggets perspective, though, <laughs> you should have been on the I show yesterday. What have been right in? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guy seems pretty good, right? And they're rolling out Taylor Horton Tucker. He, he yeah. kind of had a good game, yeah, though. Yeah, didn't yeah he? I thought he was all right. I thought Taylor Horton Tucker was okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I love when he's My smug. big takeaway from <laughs> okay. a Nuggets perspective. Um, I felt like last night in the second half was the first bad bench stint of the season. So I think they've had this every game. The first stint is phenomenal, and the second stint is not. This might have been the worst of the second stints. Yeah, this was the worst. The first one that felt like they were like a minus 10. Like but that think, was the first one that felt really bad. But I think three of the four were bad, though. Three of the four were like, all right. I mean, I think in game one. But not one, that bad. Well, didn't game one, Yoke comes back in with like 10 minutes to go in the fourth because of it. It was like, oh, crap. We can't afford the yeah. even one more minute. We can't afford this. So I kind of feel like, and there's something to that, right? Young group, it's hard to have two different moments of energy. You know, that especially spread the way they are between a half and yeah. minutes. It was so inter- interesting because right when the fourth quarter started, the lineup on the floor was Jamal Murray in the bench. And he huddled everybody together. And, like, he was getting into it. He was shouting. Like, he was stepping up as a leader at that moment. He was yelling at guys. And then they just walked out and kind of got run off the floor for the first three minutes of the fourth quarter. It's like, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, look, it's going to be a work in progress. I think we feel really good about this bench, but I don't I, think we feel like it's going to be an every time out. The thing is, I mean, that's and they still won that game by eight points, essentially, you know, basically 10 points. And it wasn't that's just what the blueprint is for the bench. You know, I think you're OK with those those second stints so yeah. long as the first one is there. But the starters are going to separate. And this is a night where, you know, I didn't think Jamal was awesome. That was a night, I should say. You know, Porter definitely didn't have it, especially, you know, even even coming from someone like me who always has the rose-colored glasses on. I didn't think he was great. But Jokic, I thought, recognized all of that. And that's the luxury of having the best player in the league. You know, there were some – the wheels squeaked a little bit last night. Maybe a different version of that team loses – but Jokic didn't let him lose. And I think as long as the bench does, you know, at least one of those stints, I think the Nuggets are in good shape to win yeah. a game. Yeah. I Some notes I have from the game, some hangover takes I have here. The cumulative bench length, though, really does make an impact. There's just so many plays where the group is scrambling and there's no passing lanes because they're just all so enormous. And one guy that stands out especially to me might surprise you. It's Julian Strother. I really enjoy watching Julian Strother play because to me, he makes so few mistakes. He doesn't have super athleticism. He's actually, I mean, I don't know what you, what would you say Julian Strother is athletically 10th percentile for NBA players? He doesn't really pop. Yeah. I'd say a little higher than that. How so? I'd say he's closer to like an average NBA athlete. You think? Yeah. How many dunks do you think he's going to get this year? I don't, five. You think he'll get five dunks? Yeah. I almost have a hard time picturing him dunking other than on a fast break or he's something. He's 6'7". I know. <laughs> yeah, but he's not doesn't play at the rim, nor does he get there. I'm saying it's not that he's like it's a problem to him. His game works around it. Like York's yeah. not a great athlete either. His game works around it. But my my point here is I think those things do limit him in some capacity defensively, but it doesn't stand out very much because he can shore up all of his defensive weaknesses by great positioning, by enormous length and all those different things. So for me, he is a guy that on rewatch several times or the several times he's played real minutes has popped of like, hey, he did, he did that right. He's like a KCP level athlete, I'd say. You Who, think? And I think KCP is about average. Man, I don't know. KCP, I don't know. I don't think I don't I think he's probably below but that I, a little I, look, bit. I do matter, think there's a larger point here that like, yeah, it's not flying around and erasing shots so much as it's the way they're able to scramble um and and I don't want to say form a wall. They're switching, but it's like there's enough length that when you stay on a string, you almost mean like literally. Like there's yeah. they're passing guys off to each other. And on that note, by the way, it's a good. I guess system feels strong. It's a good environment for even Reggie Jackson to play defense, who yeah. is not a one-on-one lock you up kind of guy in any way. But he's got a good wingspan, and as long as he's competing in that lineup even he's kind of fitting the the mold so that's been interesting to watch um yeah. and 
And yet, but I but I know what you mean. It's it's not Piwat. I think is a breathtaking athlete. Aaron Gordon is a breathtaking athlete. But it's more that the Nuggets are either very tall or very long, and it's all and it's adding up to something in almost every yep. lineup they throw out there. It's the cumulative length, and that's why I just feel so good about this Nuggets team. Yeah. Is I really do see the vision in the short and long term. I can't tell, man, honestly, if I'm more excited about the Nuggets in the short term or the long term, because a lot of the guys that I really enjoy, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Julian Strother, um, even Zeke Naji, I look at it and I'm like, they're going to be meaningfully better like Murray might be a little bit better in two years three years he might be a little bit better but those guys to me all have a chance to be significantly better and that's why that's one of the reasons I'm so, so excited yeah. I will say another thing that stands out to me I've said this before about Michael Porter people will say why don't they run more plays for him why don't they try to get him the ball he stands out to me some of this is I get better at looking at the game every year when I just try to learn new things but the team runs a lot of action. They ran him in Rip DHO action. You guys can see my breakdown, uh, Rip DHO action on our YouTube page. They ran him with the the Rip action coming off of the screen, and it's not about running and like you go from A to B to C. It's at step A, four reads. Step B, four reads. Step C, four reads. And the way and the quickness that you can process those reads. And when I say reads, oftentimes it's like, do I set the screen on the inside shoulder or outside shoulder based on where the defender is? It's subtleties, right? I think he has a long way to go on those things. And there are three or four times in every game this year where I've looked at it and I'm like, there was a bucket for you had you read this a little bit better. And to me, he's better. He's way better at it than he was. So this is by no means like a complaint. But to me, there are 25 points per game to be had for Michael Porter in the flow of Denver's office. 25. And I, th I think he's leaving them on the table mostly because of, like, he's still learning where to pick those things up. I agree. And I thought last night was the most, to this point in the season, lost. He looked in that regard. And then also almost visibly frustrated about it. Like, he mm. fell out of the flow of... In OKC, there was enough decisiveness that for whatever he was or wasn't missing, he was within the flow of what they were doing. And... Last night, there was one where it's like, bro, it's your turn to cut. It's your turn to shoot. Or yokes wide open. Just make, just keep yeah. the ball moving. And He's had some good passes, by the way. By the I way, he has. Yeah. He has. But I did just think there were moments where you could like watch him processing right. as opposed to just being a, a cog in a machine, which at his best, he's done right. you know, many times. But For I did sure, think yeah. last night it popped to me that he wasn't doing that. I agree with you. Um, I want to get to some of this other stuff that we have throughout the show here. Uh, actually, we got we got a little bit more time here. Is there anything else that stands out to you about everybody the on Twitter was pissed that Michael Malone left Michael Porter on the bench? He did, right? But everybody was upset about that. I wasn't that upset about it. Why not? Thought Christian Brown was playing well. He was playing great, <laughs> and I didn't think Michael Porter Jr. was playing great. So it's that simple. Yeah, I just. I, I trust Michael Malone in those situations. I feel like he's built up yeah, enough good faith with the fan base that you should trust him in those. Although he did say after the game, I probably should have put Michael Porter back in the game. But um, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could argue you, you could have closed with him. But I also think part of the onus on, on Mike and like I thought the box for him to check this year is to just take this question off the table. And from that perspective, did he do do that last night? No. Um, so, you know, it may may frustrate him, but there's plenty to look in the mirror about. I do think Malone was quit. Like no one asked him that question. I do think he realized as he was talking that. Oh yeah. He he really probably should have done that. Um, but I also thought it worked out in the best for the Nuggets. Like I thought Christian was bringing the energy they needed. The last takeaway for me, Jamal's defending really well yeah. this year. And yeah, he is. We talk about the second unit. He's on the floor for a lot of that, mm -hmm. and he's working just as hard as those guys. Last night it popped. He had the two blocks in the one possession, but I just think uh, someone on Twitter compared them to the War Boys from Mad Max. The bench, you know, they're just they're madmen out there, and they are man. That's their identity, and it's such a big punch when you have that. Right. Like knives in their mouths yeah. coming into and, yeah. and and Murray is is a part of that too. So I just I wanted to hit that note because I like his energy on that end. It really is like somebody I saw a meme on Twitter the other day. It cracked me up, and it was like this Nuggets starters, and it was like a symphony conductor. You know, it was like last night. This is the tweet I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was yeah. Pastor Rhett, by the way, who uh, also came up with the Silver Surfer, who had a great game there, last night. There you go, man. Wait, you didn't come up with that? 
No, that's that's Pastor Rhett. He and I are in uh, in mutual agreement to get that over together. Oh man! All right, that's awesome. Well, it was a funny <laughs> one, and it really is. I you would almost the starters require so much mental and skill and physical um, like effort if you're an opposing team to, to to just like stay even or to only go down five. So to have a second unit where it's like you exhale, oh, Yoke's checking out. Thank God. Now I have to sprint up and down the court with Zeke Nagy, like try to navigate the long arms of Peyton Watson and Christian Brown and this or that. It does give a second punch. So um, the real takeaway is this. The Nuggets are really good, and when they play great, it's awesome and they humiliate you. And when they play medium, they win big and humiliate you. And last night was the second one. But like I said, I do think Malone he has so – I've always said this. He has a strong sense of true north to him. And when somebody asks him about Jokic, you know, this game, and he goes into a line he has gone into a hundred times, you know, I think often about we should not take Nikola Jokic for granted. Like, he says those things because I think he genuinely internalizes that belief, and it is a good thing to have because last night's game, in most seasons, last night's game would have been a top 10 game of the year. A 20-point win, you know, like a wire-to-wire 20-point win, it would have been like, man, our team is awesome. But because we're used to an even higher standard, this game feels underwhelming in a way that is fair and understandable in human nature. But at the same time, we watch a spectacular basketball player dominate every facet of a game (laughs) almost every night, and it's it's a joy that we get that. Now if they could just rebound the ball. Dude, What's they've been out rebounded three out of four. What's wins. happening? That's crazy. That's uh, this is a good rebounding team. It's their one strength. So and, and and Memphis too. But and OKC has length. But I do think part of it is they've either had one of MPJ or Aaron Gordon rebounding in each of these games, and the other one's been pretty poor. Um, but they they are they. That's a. It's it's rare for them to be out rebounded in their wins. Yeah. They they typically dominate in that way and. Right. Just an interesting trend earlier in the season might mean nothing, but yeah. that's to me. Are they firing on all cylinders? No, actually. I think effort totally. on defense and talent gap has been enough, but you can point to two or three areas of improvement that are real. Yeah. Well, there are some unanswered questions for the Nuggets, oh. and that is something that we are going to look at in segment three. I've also got a top five. I want to debate whether or not the Nuggets have a better chance of getting Calvin Booth, Michael Malone, Christian Brown, or KCP an end-of-season award. I think all of those guys have a really good case. But upcoming in our next segment, James Harden is now with the Clippers. The super team is complete. Is this something to be concerned about? We'll talk about that on the other side. Guys, make sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing. Denver's best roofers have joined the The DMVR team. They work with quality materials. They have decades of experience. 24-7 availability. 24 7 quick response time they are colorado's best estimators and contractors and they are huge dnvr supporters as well so if you're looking for a new roof over your home or business they do businesses too be sure to check out red hawk roofing redhawkroofing.com tell them dnvr sent you hold on jesus oh is that a red hawk Red Hawk. I hope that, <laughs> people hear that? Is that coming through? I hope that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally hope, worth it. Red Hawk roofing. <laughs> don't take any of these games for granted. Uh, don't treat them as ordinary. They're never ordinary. They Nuggets, and they're never ordinary. So Bet three, six, five. Any play can be the play. Any game can be the game. You can get yourself in on the action with Bet365. Choose your offer, either a first bet safety net of $1,000 in bonus bets or bet $5 and receive $150 in bonus bets when you sign up at Pet365 with code DNVR365. And remember, we have our custom bets right with DNVR. Just look for NUX if you see that logo on the app. That means uh, it's a custom bet, courtesy of your friends at DNVR. You got to be 21 plus physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, and we are back. Segment two now. There was a big trade. In the association at like one in the morning or something last night. You guys it see was that? late, man. It came what a weird time for that trade to, to break. Just um, negotiating all day. I thought <laughs> it was kind of appropriate because, you know, I saw the news and I just went back to, went back to bed. <laughs> Wind, walk us through the details here. So the 76ers are trading James Harden and P.J. Tucker to the Clippers for Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, and K.J. Martin. And they're also getting back a bunch of draft picks. Yeah. 
They're getting back a 2026 Clippers first round pick. That's really the Thunders. They're getting back a 2028 Clippers first round pick that's unprotected. That's that's a banger of a of a pick to that's have. That's the real prize. Holy crap, what a pick. Uh pick swap, couple second round picks as well. 2028 Clippers, if you were betting, you'd be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> bet against them, man. Definitely. Or at least they'll them. be in that new arena, though. So I do want to get to the 76ers part of this, which I actually think is very interesting. But let's start with the Clippers because they are in the Western Conference and yeah. probably more likely to be matched up with the Nuggets. On the one hand, Denver's always owned the Clippers, and I feel like they still were. We talked about this in the offseason that we still feel like they own the Clippers. James Harden, though, does represent a spread pick-and-roll style player that Denver has never been particularly good at. So vote. Is this um, – are they now good? Well, they were always good. I mean, how serious you had to take them as a contender, you know, don't get me don't get me started. But they were always good. They've here here's the thing. They've quadrupled down quite literally. They are a hundred times more clippersy. Mm. Maybe that makes <laughs> oh. you are you kidding me? You know, could they be more Clippersy? Who would they get? You know, I think if you're Kirk Goldsbury, you feel even better about him. I think if you were a DeMarcus hater, Cousins, you man. probably he... are hating for the same reasons. That scout is doing cartwheels <laughs> right now. But I will say this. <laughs> James Harden is a legitimate point guard and a legitimately very, very talented point guard. So I think for all the questions about what it means to get him, to have him, that's all fair. But I do think that Clippers team needed a, a real playmaker and I think they got one. And I'm curious to see how it changes their dynamic. They are yet another team that, what, three, four years ago was praised for their depth and have cashed all of that in to be a really top-heavy team. Yep. So from a Nuggets perspective, if you want to be smug about it, there's room to be, I think. There's a part in the very back of my head that still has memories of James Harden tearing up the Nuggets oh, as yeah. a Houston, Houston days, Rocket. Yeah. It was the worst. If you guys don't remember, those games were the worst. They were the worst to watch. They were the worst to talk about. It felt like the Nuggets had no shot in being the Rockets. And a lot of times they didn't in those years. So that is still in the back of my head. Uh, but I think my overarching thought is I'm not that worried about this. Um, yeah, it's James Harden. We know how this situation usually goes. They look good on paper. They've always looked good on paper. I don't think it translates actually onto the basketball court in a playoff environment. It's funny how many teams have gone the polar opposite direction of Denver. Right, right. Like Denver did the continuity thing and all of this. It's because it's easier. Because it is easier. Because it is hard to do yeah. what Denver has done. And like, to be honest with you... It, you never know if it's going to pay off. You can be patient and then never pay off. And it's like, well, we wasted even more time doing this. So I understand why it's, why it's difficult. But the Clippers, to me, are probably the single team that most represents the other style. They just <laughs> keep going into this. Like, it's either them or the Nets. <laughs> well, the Nets, but what do they have anymore? You know, they've done this. You're right that they they're, did this. They're, they're about to probably do it again. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably try. I will say, though, that they have a starting five that is full of players that are hard to guard. But what makes Denver so special is they are five players that add up to greater than five. Yep. They make each other better. They're an actual team. This roster makes Jokic better. I really believe that. Yep. Like, they augment his skill set. And obviously, Jokic makes all the players better. I The Clippers, I don't think that is going to be true. They are going to have a requisite... Uh, like, James Harden, the most underrated part about him is that he's a great shooter. So he can... Even though he doesn't love to be off-ball, he can be off-ball. But at the same time, I don't know that it's a team that's going to run. This is the same way I feel about the Suns. I don't think they have plan B, C, and D. They don't have counters like that. What they have is a thing that's really, really hard to stop. And it's why, in my opinion, the Suns series went six games, but only the losses were close. The wins were all blowouts. And the reason is because if you stop them, then they don't have anything else to go to. I think the Clippers are going to be the same way, but I'm optimistic that Denver does have the pieces to kind of throw at them. I do think it's a team where you start to wonder now a little bit more about their front court depth, front court in particular, meaning small forward and power forward, because Aaron Gordon to me is a guy that can match up with Kawhi Leonard. And you say, oh, yeah. okay, I feel good there. That's a, that's about as good as you can get, but who's the next guy that you're throwing at Paul George while you still maintain a large, cause like Christian Brown would be that guy typically. 
But now Christian Brown needs to guard Harden. He has the size to guard him. So you take him off. Westbrook is quick. Okay, we'll say KCP can handle it. Do you have enough bigger bodies now? That's the one thing I would say. But I do think, again, when you're talking about when you get to like the best teams in the league, so much of it is okay. There's five minutes left. What does it look like? Yeah, yep. And the Clippers, to me, even with this addition, they got a real point guard that matters, but they still have to go and prove and show that they have a bread and butter action that in, that and they have a mastery of the myriad counters that flow from it. Like Denver's two man game is in fact a five man game, right? Like that's actually the reality of it, um, and it works because of all five of those guys out there and. While it can just be either Jamal or Jokic cooking, in any given possession, all five of those guys could, in theory, be involved, and they all know it. And I just don't know yeah. if that's true in a Boston or a Clippers offense. So, And they just love tough sh shots for two. And even a guy like MPJ, who I think it'd be very easy for Paul George to turn the corner on him if they ran him through a gauntlet of screens, if it's just like, okay, I'm going to break you down and take a tough shot, like Denver has length to contest. Aaron Porter, like these, these are not. You got to be more efficient down the stretch than Jamal and Jokic is is pick and roll, and you know that's that's a big ask. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that they are going to be a challenge, but I think they're in some ways the same challenge. The one thing I'll say is they are the most soulless team. They really are. The only thing that would make them more soulless is if they got Demarcus Cousins, which, by the way, would be a good idea, assuming they can wait long enough. Because yeah, I think that now that Dwight Howard's not going to be now that Dwight Howard's out of there. But you know, I think that you look at that team. I mean, you couldn't bring Demarcus Cousins in. That team is so volatile. There's no way they could survive him in the locker room. There's no way. You think they could? Yeah, of course. How? You know, sometimes when you're so volatile. You want just as much volatility as possible. <laughs> you think that's what they you want? Lean in. You think they're like, you know what? This is good for us. I will say we clone. They've got so many alphas that they would just absorb another alpha. There's okay. also something to it, right? Like everyone's timeline is different. You can't you can't overnight yourself into the Nuggets or even the Celtics. Shout out Lakey Ball in the chat. There was some patience <laughs> in that operation, and it there was sustained success. If you're the Clippers, you're on the Kawhi, the Paul George timeline, and so far you have fallen short. You don't really have time to go try to do what the Nuggets did. What do you do? You quadruple down. You go get James Harden. I think it makes sense for them. I just don't know if it'll be enough. Um, and so, you know, Ballmer also has a lot of – I know he's not a new energy owner anymore, but he has so much of that energy. He wants to win. A team like Phoenix, new owner, right? He he didn't want to. What Denver did took eight years. He wanted Kevin Durant, and so yeah. I get why they're doing what they're doing. But is it going to be enough? Uh, I hope the answer is no again. Yeah, I think one funny aspect of this trade: Russell Westbrook, an LA guy; Kawhi Leonard, an LA guy; Paul George, an LA guy; James Harden, an LA guy. But it's the Clippers, man. Like, they can't win. If you can't win over the city of Los Angeles with four superstar, multi-time all-star, homegrown players, if you can't convert people to that, like, you got to pack it up, man. And Dude, I think they could have Michael Jordan and Kobe uh, Bryant, they, they Bill Russell <laughs> and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and still nobody would like the Clippers. It, it actually is a wild thing about branding, just in general, that they this Th team nobody by all will accounts, ever like the Clippers. Is there anything like more LA that you could put together than that group, and it's like won't even move the needle? Yeah, they, and they all grew up Lakers fans. Of course. <laughs> it does have also disaster potential. Real quickly though, on the other side, I know Philly is so out of sight, out of mind because they're Eastern Conference, you know, but. This move, Ty, I told you guys the other day, I'm a big believer in Tyrese Maxey. I actually think he's really good. And I think that they, in a weird way, I don't. I thought maybe they'd have a big drop-off. I don't know that they will. I think they're a really good team. And Daryl Morey is, I don't think, collecting tr uh, all these draft picks to rebuild when Embiid's gone. Yeah, that's a good point. I think he has now a pretty solid war chest. Tons of expiring contracts, which, by the way, Daryl Morey, Always has expiring contracts on, on the books. He, that's like a tenant of his. And now he has some good draft picks, like real draft picks to trade. I have a feeling that the 76ers team, and, may, and again, talk about soulless, I think they're going to add somebody either this trade deadline or next offseason that completes a new big three that is Man. probably as good as a James Harden, but maybe actually works this time. I now they actually have the assets to go get Zach Levine. You think that's who it would be? <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but... I mean, this stuff always 
seems better in conversation than in actual reality. So I, I mean, I think there's a better chance it just doesn't work out like that than it does, but they do have the assets and all the cap space to potentially do something. Uh-huh. They, they do move right to the top of the list, though, right? Like, if there's yeah. a disgruntled star, where does he go? I mean, you're looking at... Fame. Have Carl Anthony Towns. Please have him. <laughs> <laughs> you're not part... Levi- Levine's an interesting that? one. Levine's an interesting one. I mean, I don't... He doesn't move the needle enough, I don't think. I also think it's hard to build around Embiid, honestly. Like, I, I think Maxi and Embiid, okay, you've got enough. You almost just need role players. I, I'm skeptical of the idea that they brought yeah. in... They need a Drew Holiday or something type player... But obviously well, they could none. throw four first-round picks at OG Ananobi, who I don't <laughs> even know if we know is good or not. Yeah, well, he <laughs> he does want a larger role, regardless. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's take a Just break. Get Jeremy Grant On the other side, it. some unanswered questions about the Nuggets. We asked you guys. You sent them in. Let's talk about it. Guys, it's important to start saving for college early. If you need a plan, just in case your child doesn't land an athletic scholarship, College Invest makes it easy and flexible with great savings plans. It's important to start saving for college early. So check out College Invest flexible saving plans, and you'll benefit from a Colorado tax deduction as well. Uh, Savings can be used for trade schools and apprenticeships nationwide. Open your account today, collegeinvest.org. Go there, collegeinvest.org. Again, it's very important to start saving for college early. You don't want to be about to send your kid to school and boom, you're up against it. So get ahead of this. Save for college early. Go to collegeinvest.org. Wow, saving for college sounds cool. If you're a nerd, you know what else is cool? Spending that money on shoes instead. Let's talk about Soul Savvy. Don't miss out on the biggest sneaker drops and download the Soul Savvy Drops app. This is an app that's about building a sneaker community that's actually for those of you that are going to buy and wear the sneakers. Down with the resellers. You got to get hooked up with the Soul Savvy Soul Savvy Drops app and understand that there are three different levels. Uh, if you're a casual buyer or an all-out sneakerhead, they've got something for you between the basic version, mobile plus, or premium. Sign up for Soul Savvy by clicking the links in the description below or by visiting links.soulsavvy.com slash DNVR or head over to the app store and download the Drops by Soul Savvy app. There you go. All right. We asked you... To send in, and Kayla, you can pull up the tweet of this if you have it ready. There you go. Um, we asked you, what are some things that you feel are unanswered? I'm going to start with Matthew Kimura. He asks, are we absolutely sure that this team can't win 70-plus games in the regular season? 70? So what I about he, 80? I think he's being a little tongue-in-cheek with the 70. But here's the thing I'll say. Coming into the year, we were like 55, you know, 54, 55, something. Do... It's only four games, you guys, but do you feel like, hey, man, there's a real chance for 58. To me, 58's the bar. Everything north of that. I think 58 gets you a one seed overall, and I also think it sets a record. Or no, it sets a record. So that's the that's the only number I care about. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a chance at 57, 58, 59, 60. I think for a couple reasons. The first is that the bench looks way better than we expected. We were probably banking in a couple losses, you know, that were just going to be solely on the bench. And those still may come, but it seems like there might be less of those now than we thought there would be. And the other thing is the West does not look as good as I thought it was going to look. The Suns already have a ton of injury concerns. The Lakers look like kind of a mess. A a lot of teams that I thought would be rising up in the West kind of just seem like they're the same team that they were last year. So I definitely think we should readjust our wins expectations. I think so too. Fifty-eight to me, I fifty-eight to fifty-five to fifty-eight always felt realistic. Yeah. First of all, they always hit the over. What was it this year? Like fifty-two and a half? No, it or was something? like forty-eight and a half. Or no, no, something. no. It was like fifty. It was like fifty-two. And everybody was like the unders a lock. It might as well be forty-eight. I mean, that's ridiculous. They're gonna. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. I think it was my colleague Matt Moore predicted forty-nine. Yeah, that sounds right. Love you, Matt. But there's. Um, I thought that was the line, but maybe it was 52. I think there was a lesson the Nuggets taught everyone last year, and there was a theory that there's... And I think you saw it reflected in the in the overs this year, and it, and it shouldn't have been, the win totals. Uh, there was this theory that there was a healthy crop of good teams, but there weren't any great teams in the NBA. Yeah. And I think that's horseshit. I think there's very clearly one great team in the NBA, and it's the Denver Nuggets. There's so, a potentially an all-time team. So, yeah, I mean... 
do do I understand the logic behind them not going for sixty plus wins? Sure, but is fifty eight on the table? Hell yeah, hell yes. Yeah. Well, um, this one I, I agree. By the way, I will say this: the one thing about the number fifty, I don't want it to be a distraction. And I think that Denver, I don't know that it necessarily will be, but if you are like four games to go and you're at 53 or something, or but you know, something of that nature, or you, I don't want it to be a thing where Denver's like, oh, we got to beat the record. No, we got to no, go this or that. No. So I'm hopeful yeah. that Denver just clears whatever number, but also doesn't chase anything. <sighs> yeah, else. you just don't want to deal with that. But, if they, with but if, here's my thing they're playing defense at a level I absolutely did not think they would be at this to start the season. Oh, yeah. And if they do that, they're going to clean up to start the season in a way they didn't last year. They can still have room to hit 58 and cruise in. I don't think they're going to win 70 games, but 58 super on the table, man. Like there's there, Jokic is ready to go and KCP has a like Yeah. I mean, he's got the Michael Jordan Wait, you guys want to lose this game tonight? We're I not have the Pope. He's we're not losing all over this the place, game. man. So Nuggets have two good games, one or two great games, one good game, and one bad game, and they're four zero. So I feel like it feels pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Donnie O'Neill says, "Will they learn to shoot free throws?" The Nuggets currently are shooting sixty five percent from the charity stripe. That is second to last. That's Only so the weird. Pelicans are worse. Uh, Jokic has been off. Eric Gordon's been off. Are they? Is this a, a sneaky Achilles heel, or is this like? Whatever. I think this is fake news. I think this is well. It's real. This this will normalize. <laughs> Hilarious back and forth. I <laughs> I am buying that this is a weakness for the Denver Nuggets. First of all, if you had to make me pick a weakness for Jokic, <laughs> um, many people would go, "Oh, defense." No chance. It's yeah. free throw shooting, and actually a little bit of clutch free throw shooting. He is the best yeah, player in the world. Yeah. But I do think you know. Uh, the ankle was the ankle was left out of the water. You know what I mean. Aaron Gordon is a real free throw up and down guy. Jeez, yeah. Michael Porter for a guy with all the touch in the world, he'll miss some. He'll miss some man once. So Murray's great at it, but I actually do think the starters struggle a little bit, a little bit with the free throws. Yeah, I think you're you're right in some aspects there. But I'm, it I'm, I'm still too. selling though. You're just not worried about it as like yeah. a, a yeah. tragic I think they'll flaw. probably end up being about what they were last year. I think it was a flaw last Which year was too. Yeah, good enough. Right. Denver Dispatch asks: Is there any scenario where Calvin Booth looks to make a trade this season? I like this one because coming in, we even did this for our player preview series. Like Denver's gonna need to make a trade to get this or that or to do this or yeah. that. But you start to look at it, and we're looking at Julian Strother going. Where's he going to play? I want him to play, but it's hard to get minutes. Michael Mullen's doing a great job kind of giving him five minutes a game now. Right. But um, at this very moment, has your opinion changed about the Nuggets needing a trade? I'd be pretty surprised if there was a trade, partly because of how they've looked and the bench and Julian Strother, how you can kind of feel his emergence coming along. Yeah. Uh, but also, they just can't really trade for anybody that's making a ton of money with the people they have under contract. So the most money you can trade for is like a guy making Reggie Jackson money, which is like 5 million a year. I don't, that guy most likely isn't going to be a top eight guy anyway. So it right. might just not be worth it. Um, so as of now, I, I would side on like, I'd be surprised if there was a trade. Yeah. I mean, I think the, if Reggie and Zeke are going to play like this, they simply don't need one. Having said that, Calvin Booth made a trade in the NBA Finals, so <laughs> I don't know. That is true. He literally did do that. So, I so guess good. Not going to take it off the table, but I don't think they need to. I, I was mean, that between games one and two? Yeah. Remember, Josh was on our show. He's like, yeah. he's like, you know, we're playing tonight. But I'm curious to see if like. If Julian Strother hits and Peyton Watson hits, by the way, the logic with the Peyton Watson one was we are reaching now, but if he was in this draft, meaning this year's draft, where would he go? Based on the player we're seeing, like if that guy went back to college and then based Top on the guys pick. we're seeing, yeah. I think his logic so far, it's too early to call it. It's too early to call it. But right now, Peyton Watson looks like a top 10 rookie of this season if he were to be a rookie. Oh, and, yeah. and not as in like that's a crazy taker or this or that. It's like, no, he looks like he has the impact of a guy that goes 5 to 10 in the yep. draft and that's smart. So if I wonder if he hits on Strother and Peyton and it's like, you know what I need? 
more pick. This is the Tim Conley like, <laughs> you know what? I can't miss. I need yeah. more chips. Yeah. Give me some more chips, guys. Why won't Bull Bull work in Denver? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know? Uh, how about this one? Tyler Robert Key asks, if MPJ or Gordon misses a game, whose spot starts? Lots of options. And then he goes through them. Um, I think this one's easy. I'll go first. I think Christian Brown starts for KCP or Michael Porter. Full stop. I agree. That's that's the guy. If Murray's out, I think it's Reggie Jackson. Full stop. I agree. If it's Aaron Gordon, <sighs> Aaron Gordon might be the second most irreplaceable player on the Nuggets roster. Is it because they like don't have another power forward on the roster? And just because I don't know if I love Zeke <laughs> well, they have Naji one, but he's playing center. You know what? They I have know? another, but he starts at the three. <laughs> how would Zeke? Not, how, how would Zinaji look as a power forward in the starting lineup? Well, he hasn't played it for three years now, so. But he hasn't really played a lot of minutes with Jokic. I, mean, I, you know? I bet he'd look good. I think he'd look fine. I bet he'd look yeah, good. I think yeah. he'd look fine. He um, maybe would take a three pointer. <laughs> we'd finally see the shot that he's been working so hard on. <laughs> no, but MPJ, you just put Christian Brown in there, or as we saw last night, even if he's playing. I bet <laughs> if Aaron if Aaron Gordon is out. Maybe that's when you spot started Justin Holiday and you slide Michael Porter to the four. I think that's probably what. Maybe happens. that's when you go that route. Oh man! With all due respect to the to the veteran, I'm so glad I was wrong about the Justin Holiday thing. So but he far. was like going to play a ton of minutes. I just yeah. was like, I don't think Malone wants to play Peyton, but no. I was wrong. Malone's been on fire this year. I'm telling you. You're and then Malone. I think if Yoke's out, I think DeAndre Jordan starts. I agree. I think I Zeke agree. Naji does not start. In I think this place. happened last year. I think it has. Yeah. Zeke Naji probably plays a lot of minutes that night, but I think DeAndre I Jordan starts just to be like, all right, we're doing this. Oh, yeah. It's a good point by Rob. If it's AG, you just move Mike to the four and then CB at three again. Oh, you're right. So maybe it is CB for all two. Three, yeah, yeah, but then you have to play Justin Holiday with the bench. I mean, look, man. Wait, we've seen that. Aaron Gordon's pretty irreplaceable. Uh, Trey Fitzgerald asks, what is Zeke Naji's ceiling? I like this one because we weren't really asking this question uh, two weeks ago because we just wanted to see him play. We were more worried about Zeke Dodgy's floor. But has anything that's happened made you think there's a different ceiling to him? Um, not, the, I'm going to change it to say with the Nuggets. Yeah, it's tough to see him having like a drastic or like a huge leap in him. But I think Zeke is the guy based on what I know about him and the fact that he's regarded as an absolute worker where he just gets incrementally better Mm. year to year. I don't think he's got a huge leap in him or anything, but I think he's a guy that will just continue to get a little bit better, a little bit better every season. I'm trying to think of a player, though, that could be his type of ceiling. Yeah, I I gotta say, ceiling is not really a word I think of much with Zeke, like at all. But I do feel better about, like, through four games, I feel better about Zeke and his fit with the Denver Nuggets than I did, yeah. you know, a month ago. Here's yeah. what I'll say about Zeke Naji's ceiling, and it's his ceiling this year, which is also his ceiling long-term. When we talk, I put a tweet out on the timeline that I think I got wrong, actually, where I said the Nuggets now with Peyton and Christian, to go along with Aaron Gordon and, Z, and, and KCP, have a defender for every mold of player. And I think that's actually, I actually do think it's mostly true. But Zeke, re- Zeke represents to me a, a fifth type of guy. And this is where, say what you will about Jeff Green, he is a big bodied guy that you were able to throw at LeBron James. Now, did LeBron have a phenomenal series against Denver? Absolutely. Could he have had a more phenomenal series? I think he actually could have. I think Jeff Green, and obviously Aaron Gordon, but Jeff Green made at least a small impact and was just another body. Right now, I think Zeke Naji has looked like a really good defender, and that unit has looked good. But number one thing about Zeke right now is he's just playing so hard. Yep. And getting fouled and drawing fouled. He's doing things like that. Defensively, I think he's been good. I don't think he's been great, but I think he can be great. And it would be nice if by the end of this year, we added Zeke Naji to that list of, oh, Zion, for example— well, you've got Aaron Gordon, but you've also got Zeke. So you got two bodies you can throw at Zion. Or uh, even last night, Lowry Markinen's like, yeah, Denver has a, a guy with the height and mobility to guard that. Yeah. And right now, regular season, I feel good about it. Playoffs, I don't know if I feel good about five minutes of Zeke guarding Zion Williamson. Yeah. I mean, he just hasn't earned that level of trust yet. And th- but I think he's capable of it. 
He can. He has if he, to, yeah. He's on a trajectory right now yeah. where I think he could. I mean, yeah. I think if the playoffs started tomorrow, Zeke would be a more impactful defender than Jeff was. Well, Jeff was. Here's the thing. Jeff was bad for everything but Next. the moments he was needed, and then he was. I think he was better than people think in the playoffs, in the moments of which he was meet, but needed. I think, but so. to the point of the question, Zeke can like, that? that's a bar Zeke can reach. Okay. Yeah. I think. Uh, all right, that was it, guys. On the other side, I want to get to our Bet365 Top 5, which, by the way, the Top 5 awards the Nuggets can win. But Ooh. I also want to tease, before we go to break, I want to tease this. Tomorrow's a huge day for me. One of the biggest days of... I'll oh, say, congrats. One of the biggest days of my career. Launching a big thing tomorrow at 9 a.m. Denver time. People watching this, please, please, please take notice of it. Take a look at it. Um, if you're on social media... Engage with it, retweet, share it, hype it. I think you guys are going to be very excited. I, I think you guys are going to be a little blown away by it. It's, it's such a cool project, um, and I just want to tease that so you guys are kind of excited for something coming coming to you. I'm excited. Morning. There you go, guys. When you get hurt, Bax and Shaker is here to help. Bax and Shaker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. You don't pay them any money until they win your case. No upfront fees. No fees while they work on your case. You only pay them if they win. And they've won over $1 billion for their clients. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you were not fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Give them a call, 222-2222, to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shaker wins. It is your last day to get in on a very fun and unexpected promotion. Right now in select Denver area dispensaries, you might find a cartridge for a, for a weed pen, and it's gonna it's gonna look like you're gonna see queso. And you're like, cheese flavored weed? I don't know if I, no, no, it's not cheese flavored, but it does come to you courtesy of Illegal Pete's. And if you get that cartridge and you bring it into Illegal Pete's, you're gonna get a free chips and queso when you eat there. Uh, and you know what does pair nicely with chips and queso is recreational marijuana, in my opinion. In my <laughs> opinion. Check out Illegal Pete's. Whether you got that pen or not, it's been the go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers for over 28 years. All righty, and we are back. Final segment here. Guys, it's time to do a little Bet365. Let's go. Five. And is it ordinary? It's never ordinary. That's what I'm talking Thank about. Thank you, buddy. You're never welcome. ordinary. Bet365 top five. Now, here's the thing. I was thinking about the awards Denver could win because KCP, Harrison Wynn has a fantastic exclusive interview with KCP up after his fourth consecutive defensive player of the game chain. Four for four. Four, four, four. Is How anybody else going to win it this year? Uh, what's the longest streak? Nuggets wins or, or KCP winning defensive game uh, <laughs> player of the game? And it made me think he in there reveals that his goal for this year is to make an all defensive team, yeah. which I love. Murray came back wanting to be a better passer. MPJ came back wanting to be a better rebounder. Uh, KCP wants to be a better defender. All the Nuggets, the disease of more, they funneled it into the best possible direction. Yeah. I want more of what I already do well for you. <laughs> want, we, we need to come up with what the opposite of disease of more is. It's the disease of <laughs> That's yolk. what the Nuggets it's have the, right now. It's the blessing of yoke. <laughs> the blessing of yoke. Uh, so here are the awards, and I think it was this was a hard list. I bet you if we polled people to make their own Bet365 Never Ordinary Top 5 awards, Denver could win this yeah. year. I'll yeah. bet everybody in the chat there would be different answers for all of this, but I'm going to give you mine. Number five, KCP All-Defensive Team. This is a hard one to do. I think it's doable. I actually think the odds are pretty good with how good he's been. By the way, I think the Nuggets are smart about their branding, and I think some of this has to do with, like, the team is trying to plant this in everyone's mind of, hey, Dude, why not KCP? It, it might be Colin Gillespie, the the marketing genius. I like he it. was walking around the locker room looking me in the eye, and he was like, start the movement. He said, really? I love that. I was like, okay. That was said. Oh, that was how that was said? It made it sound <laughs> like it was shouted or something across the room. It was. He was like, start the movement. Dude, Dude start the movement. Dude. Start the movement. How about Steady Gillespie? I love that. I love that. And, and That's not how I read that. Aaron yeah. Gordon calling him the uh, head of, you know, like the leader of the defense. All these guys want to do is give each other credit. It's just a <laughs> war of who can give each other more credit. Yeah, we should so adopt true. that here on this show, but yeah, I digress. So true. Did you have nah, the best we, we never on the whole Thank panel. you so much, man. Dude. I think the way you host the show is unprecedented. <laughs> Harrison, your article was so good this Dude, morning. Dude, that article was awesome, Unbelievable. Man. That was awesome. One I thing I love about this show is just coming to work is fun every day. Yeah. You know? You know who's producing the hell out of the show? Is it Kale? Super producer oh, Kale, man. So unbelievable. <laughs> just crushing it. 
there. <laughs> it's no, still, no, it's wait for it. That was for Eric. I was gonna make yeah, an Eric. Eric. Eric's yeah. producing it really well. He's all right. Um, number four, Christian Brown, sixth man of the year. Now here's the thing, bro. That's ahead of KCP. Here's the thing, you guys. I that I, I came into the season predicting that Christian Brown with the starters was gonna have a, a good net rating. You guys, it's unbelievable at the moment. His Jokic minutes right now are like, is he the best Jokic player on the is team? Is he the best rebounder on the team? He might be. Have the... you seen these rebounds? He They're is awesome. an unbelievable. Awesome. Here's the thing about Yoke. When he's on the court, nobody mess it up. That's the only that the best offense you can run is don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah. KCP does Tori Craig never got that <laughs> He messes it up left and right. <laughs> Christian Brown never messes anything up. Love you, Tori. And that's why I think that the numbers reflect that when he's with the good players. It's like everything is awesome. I wonder what Yoke is scoring per 36 minutes with Christian Brown on the court. I'll bet you it's up from his regular numbers just because Christian Brown's like, oh, yeah, we're, our job, get it to him and then not screw up. <laughs> Christian Brown actually knows how to throw a uh, entry pass. Entry pass. <laughs> the other thing Christian Brown does, I wrote this in the grades. He has my favorite layup package in the NBA because he actually doesn't make any moves. Oh, I he, love it. He just figures if he jumps higher and yeah. harder than you, yeah. then he'll get there first. Yeah. He doesn't try to go around you he doesn't try to go through you he simply just lays it up as if you're not no, there you know what it is vote he doesn't try to draw the foul no yeah. he actually tries to do the just goes right to the which right apparently the is a lost court. start in the nba yeah, uh, nuggets number one number two offense in the nba number 29 free throw attempt rate i love it honest basketball that's all brad yeah. we don't honest, need that we ethical. don't need free throws welcome to the era of ethical ball it's yeah. called the golden it, era uh, Christian Brown currently has a 23 net rating, a plus 23 net rating. That's good. And it's not like he hasn't played, played 22 and a half minutes a game. It's insane. And here's my thing. Here's why I think he has an, a chance at this, uh, somewhat of a chance. He, the Nuggets bench last year was bad. Bruce Brown left, and the narrative was they're going to miss Bruce Brown. Yeah. So there's already this idea of Denver has lost something. But if it gets to the end of the year and it's like Denver had the best bench in the NBA, which they're on pace to at the moment, it'll probably normalize a little bit. And then Christian Brown and all these things, I think they'll look at it and go, well, who is the sixth man of the Nuggets that their bench is so good and they have this identity? It's Christian Brown. And look at all these numbers. That's yeah. why I think there is a chance that he could make some buzz. On top of the fact that four games in, looked really good, and he missed training camp. It's a good take. I don't think he has any chance at winning sixth man of the year. He's just not going to score enough. And I think you're giving the voters a little too much credit in terms of how they might look at the Nuggets and the bench yeah. and how they were that supposed to have work. the worst bench. And now Christian Brown is stepping into the brute. That's going to be Chris Paul. He's it's going to be yeah. like Malcolm Brogdon. No, it's going to be Chris Paul. It's going to be Chris Paul. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, Christian Brown's going to average like nine points a game. Yeah, he's, he's not, not going to score enough. We'll find out. We'll we'll see. I think Christian Brown. I think his scoring. He's shooting twenty two percent from three. He just has. He's because he missed training camp, guys. Yeah. Number three, Michael Malone, Coach of the Year. Let's go. Start this movie. The year of Malone. Now we know Malone's on everybody's radar now because he did a great job of kind of he had he he was made headlines, but the Nuggets are off to a great start. And let me tell you guys something. This is a thing that is on us in part. It's on us to get th things started. We all rookie bones. I feel like we started that train and it got going. I think Michael Malone is having an unbelievable year. Should we start the movement? Start let's, the movement. Let's not because Should it be lose. us that starts this I, movement? This is where we. This is the water cooler where you just start mentioning things. You're not starting a movement, but you're just. Um, yeah. You know who's been really good so far? Michael Malone is really, and yeah. he has getting Strother in there, going to Peyton right away. The rotations, the plan, the the, the you know when Michael Malone's rookie of the or coach of the year campaign began. On the court as the confetti fell, because you always wonder, what do you say in the wake of a championship? And Michael Malone didn't stop coaching. He turned it and said, he really but did. we didn't want just one. Yeah, He started it right there where he started the next narrative for the Nuggets, for the team. He was speaking to the media, but he was really speaking to his team saying, we did it and there's more. And I just think that, I honestly think that at the end of the year, he's going to deserve this award. I think so, too, because as we talked about at the top of the show, there's a chance the Nuggets approach 60 wins. And if they could get there, then, yeah, he's in the conversation. I do worry that there was a sweet spot year where I think he probably could have and should have won it. I believe it went to Bud that year. Malone was a finalist, and he didn't get it yeah. that year. And I do wonder if 
There's the, Yoke, like we kind of did this with Yoke. Like, there's this funny thing where he was never on anyone's like. Uh, in five years, he'll be the best player list, right? But then one day he was at the top of everyone's best player right. list. Like, I think the Nuggets kind of went there. And like, are they going to get the? Does Malone have a narrative case to win Coach of the Year anymore? I, I wonder about that. I do think, and I've been saying it since the off season that Michael Malone might have been built for this particular season right here as much as any that he's tenured for during the Denver Nuggets. Such a good take, He's dude. learned to play the young guys, but he's going to coach them hard, and he's got some cachet there. He's done it. It's worked. Look at Mike, and look at the first-ever title in that locker yeah. room, that trophy. So he's going to have some fire quotes along the way. He's going to coach you hard. He's going to refuse to let them grow, grow complacent, uh, but I think he's got a relationship with those guys where that won't wear thin, at least not yet. So yeah. year of Malone, I'm buying stock. Also, we all know that everybody, like everybody in media, especially the awards getters and the biggest narrative setters, they just cover the Lakers. And guess what? Who's your daddy? Michael Malone is. And I just feel like that <laughs> elevates you into this, this yeah. zone. Um, number two, you guys are going to be surprised by this one. Number two. Calvin Booth, executive of the year. Oh, Calvin Booth. And here's why. One, you lose Bruce Brown, who, by the way, he brought in and didn't get much credit for bringing him in. And all of a sudden it became Bruce Brown's the greatest free agent. Nobody. What are they going to do without him? Right. If you go from that to all of a sudden Peyton Watson, who, by the way, is tied to Calvin Booth, Christian Brown, who's tied to Calvin Booth, all of these guys. And you look at it and you go, man, Denver has all these great players. Look what he built. I think he gets credit for that. But <laughs> right before the season starts, controversial article where he goes out there and says, Peyton Watson is going to make our bench better than what Bruce did. And everyone beat him up for it. What a bad quote to put out. If by the end of the year, Denver's bench is actually good, people are going to look at Calvin Booth and say, remember when we all said he was a madman and here they are? <laughs> I think there is a chance that people will look around. If Denver continues on this trajectory with their bench, people will look around and go, man, that roster is so perfectly assembled. Yeah. And Peyton Watson, who nobody projected to be a first-rounder, Calvin Booth, he nailed it. I could see it. He doesn't have like the marquee move that he made over the summer that usually gets you in the conversation, but the body of work, I think, could be there. Also, the chat pointed this out. This award is almost always a year behind for some reason. Can yeah. he get it, though, for last year? Why the F not? No. Apparently, Bruce Brown, you know what I mean? Like, like I, They I, say, oh, he's the guy that brought in Bruce Brown. That brought in Bruce Rick, Brown. But then he brought in another guy. And he drafted Christian yeah. Brown. And now, you know what I mean? Like, this, this award is often lagging behind a year. So maybe there's a chance. I do wonder, though, if people will have a different perspective on those comments, regardless of how right he was. Like, did, did it, like, do some people... Do, are they going to sour on it a little bit? Um, him? Uh, if the Nuggets are dominant and it's they're dominant not just because of Jokic, but it's like, man, that roster, I just love every piece of it. Right. That's where you get a, what more did you want? Yeah, no, totally, man. Right. Totally. What more do you want? Um, and then number one, come on, guys. Jokic MVP. I think oh, this might already be wrapped up. Yeah, like what makes you say this? <laughs> yeah. It's funny when you go through this and you're like, what could possibly be one? And you're like, oh, yeah, the one that's like almost a lock to happen. I mean, I will say this. It's too early to start the MVP conversation for no, real. It's not. But, but there are guys out there that, you know, have been playing really well. Embiid has been playing great. Luka, Luka Doncic has been putting up some Stash numbers. Stash Luka, bro. Tyrese Maxey's already got one player of the week. Yeah, yeah. keep an eye on the Maxey <laughs> stock. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Kale, we're going to have to push our other segment to tomorrow. It's okay. evergreen, so it works. Um, but that does it for today. Boys. Well, first of all, I just want to say, vibes way up. We did it, man. We did it. We turned the winners loud. We gave, we got it going today. Good work, man. I'm so glad I wasn't on this show last oh my night. Yeah, it was, a, it was it a great, show. terrible. It was one of. I think it was a hilarious show. It was really. It well, was I would really hope funny. so because if it was a serious show with Dev and Eric just up like that, you guys, <laughs> you know, I just think the rebounding is going to be a problem this we, year, guys. It was a great show. We just were a little like How we didn't hype up our guy Bruce enough. Brown? Yeah. For, Tying LeBron. Hey, it happens, man. It yeah. happens. We took well, him for granted. He wasn't that granted. excited either. We took him for granted. All right, what do we got? Dylan McLeod. Am I wrong for feeling like PJ Tucker is the more important piece of that trade? I'm gonna say yes, but I, <laughs> I like where your head's at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, look, the Jokic stopper, PJ well, Tucker. Well, I mean, he's not the Yo he's the Jokic Fowler. Here's my thing. <laughs> he is like that's what that means, and that's though. what it means. Taj is Gibson that he reincarnated. But here's the thing. We have seen this where Yoke struggles with a guy in one quarter of one game, 
And it's like, is that going to work over time? I don't think so. I think Yoke is going to murder P.J. Tucker in a playoff series if they were to go head-to-head. Yeah. I think P.J. Tucker is the Rui adjustment rapidly approaching two. the Trevor Ariza Hall of Fame of, like, yeah, maybe six years ago. Right. Right. With respect to him, and because I think he's awesome. Volta Domar. Christian Brown is becoming the Alex Caruso type super valuable player that I believe he could, <laughs> but taller, younger, and with more hair. I look, I, I agree. I it's would actually, actually I, I would go as far as to say I think Christian Brown is already that level of impact player, and I love Caruso. I think he's great. I, I think, think Christian Brown might be a little better. I think that's what I'm, that's what I mean. Christian Brown to me. He is a guy that on tape, he just shines so much because you're always noticing mistakes. You're always noticing him on tape when you're going back through it. And that guy is just such a low mistake player. And by the way, he has a lot of big positives. You know, like how he guards anyone. He Who was it he blocked right back into their... Was it Shea that he blocked right back into him <laughs> the other day? Like, that guy is unbelievable defender, and he doesn't make any mistakes. I think he... I His net rating... I think it's going to be like that, man, because he's, I think oh yeah. he's that kind of player. He, I don't understand. Like, he reaches top speed so many different times throughout a game. Yeah, so many yeah, players yeah. never even come close. Yeah. And that guy's in full sprint like 60% of his minutes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that does it for us today, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We are back tomorrow. Like I said, big announcement for me in the morning. Look forward to that. And then uh, Nuggets, Timberwolves? I'm excited about this Should one. This is, uh, that's that a good game. Fun. You had... Crunch time minutes have gone very dramatically differently for these two teams to this point in this season. So should be, be a real good. challenge. We'll see you guys tomorrow.